Yo, Whiskey Sick Podcast, episode number 105. Hit them with that new, new Legends of the Fall shit, motherfuckers. Pushing our luck, our luck. Take a look around, read the letters on the wall. When the only way is down, call you legends of the fall. Gonna be a daddy, homie, real shit. Gonna put them on like a stiff fits. Gonna ride along with the wheel strip. Life depended on this real kid. Told me I can feel this growing, I can feel this. Pride that my father never felt for me. I'm nothing these praying, I'll provide all your ebony. Remember dreams never really die. They can breathe underwater, they will bleed when they water, they can clot that. Creep up on them, never let them see tomorrow Leave their homies full of grief and sorrow Never plead a beg and borrow Let take the lead and follow where your heart's at Guard that path, hide the tracks and know when it breaks Time will dress a wound but the bitter taste Never leaves room, it just sits and waits In the dark level bloom, there's no better place for hate to hide the right up in your face and try to rock is what it takes to fly You got it and I never had it, whoa Got paddles ain't deep enough to roll You reach the top, you keep it all low. The sun is down, the weed's gonna grow Life's a trip, better bring a carry-on And a pair of strong arms, you could better carry on What your future holds when I'm very gone Every wrong, that's fine You can try to write it, but they probably never read it So you pocket, there you leave it, say it's forgotten Till the season changes, autumn and the leaves that hang a rotten in the breeze, they swing back and forth But never think they'll fall, bring them all Every single flaw, wear them like a badge This is who you are, they can have the world You can choose a star, gonna be a daddy, homie, new cigar Father, son, living on the run Just a modern day love story, living by the gun Father, son, staying on the run Just a modern day outlaws, fading with the sun we some trailblazers kicking up dust Woo! Just a couple of hell rings pushing all up, all up Take a look around, read the letters on the wall When the only way is down, call you legends of the fall Father son living on the run Just about a day love story, living by the gun Father son staying on the run Just about a day outlaws fading with the sun we some trailblazers kicking up dust Woo! Just a couple of hell rings pushing all up, all up Take a look around, read the letters on the wall When the only way is down, call you legends of the fall I love you from the bottom, not a problem Got the top down, your mother shotgun With the stops now, pull them out Southbound, pulling round block Round the corner, lies forever We've been headed ever since you met me With evident, no better prayer ever said However read together, meant to be Until the end is left We took a right and never held our breath Then booked the flight and never settled That's the hell with that Half past eight, time to celebrate Put one in the air, time to elevate Never let you down, watch you levitate Let them think you drown, then you dedicate The time it takes to rise and the breath you take Just when you break the surface and you look them in the eyes Got them, took them by surprise, leave them shook against the skies Recognized with a mask on them, looking from a glass But I'm bowed down through the cracks Where they hope is slipping through It's just the two of us without a dollar thing and shit to lose They hold their breath, their hands are shaking Never fold the fist of bruise Scratching at your little fuse They ain't shit, the news I swear I'm about to be the father, rookie of the year Don't even try to bother, homie, you ain't even near I'll never be forgotten, got a Hall of Fame career I built it from the bottom, now the only thing I fear You have your daddy's eyes, be acquitted too Never that, your colors strive different, you know winner blues You never walk my path, you wear a bigger shoe You'll never have a give a fuck, cause that's just not what winners do Opportunity won't knock you left in limbo Frozen in the key, you got one fit the lock, there is no hope And hit a doubt outside, you know the windows open Call you legends of the fall when there's nowhere else to go Cause the only way is down, now they looking out below Call you legends of the fall, they demanding that you do Cause the sky is the ceiling and you're standing on the roof On the wall with the only way is down, call you legends of the fall. I love you, Wyatt. Yo, the fuck is up hitting you over the motherfucking heads 
with more new shit, more hot shit, meteorites. We taking meteor showers over here. Strictly thumping y'all motherfuckers over the head with some dope shit always. Seth Gecko is back. We in the lab every day. We working on a new EP. You got the first two tracks off of it right there. Last week, Bet I Won't. This week, Legends of the Fall. Dope ass song about becoming a father. Uh, to all you fathers, dedicated to all the fathers out there. Ivanito, new father, dedicated to you, homie. Dedicated to you. Don't thank me. Tell your homies to tell their homies. And hey, go check it out. It's on Spotify. I'll leave the link in the fucking bio. And could you do me a motherfucking favor? Could y'all throw me a motherfucking bone? Give a homie a, a fucking courtesy follow on, on, on fucking uh, on uh, Spotify. Subscribe to the motherfucking greatest of all time playlist ever, ever created. That old dope shit. O-L apostrophe dope shit. Get on that shit. Over 2,000 tracks. Strictly dope shit. You know all the gecko shits on there. You can get all my old shit on there. My new shit. My future shit. It's all coming, homies. All, all about your faces, homie. Throw a homie a fucking bone. Anyways. Um, Legends of the Fall. Go check that shit out. Um, you can find me on Spotify. I mean on Spotify for sure. On, on, on SoundClouds, of course. Uh, the new EP. The greatest who never made it. That's that's what we fucking calling it. Okay? Tell me I'm wrong. Well, we got to get right into this shit. Moving right the fuck along. Uh, two fight cards to discuss, man. This past week um, what was a, a fucking dream. Fights on a Wednesday. I totally forgot about that shit until like two hours before. I was like, there's fights tonight. And what fights they were. Both cards... Um, we talked about the uh, last weekend's um, big card, Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. The boy picked Gaethje, got the big, big dub. He needed a golden pick to come through once in a fucking while. Um, excellent fucking card. Then they followed it up with two excellent fucking cards, man. Um, let's start with the Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. Uh, Ass whooping. Ass whooping. Uh, Anthony Smith came out the gates. I don't know if he was still gassed from his little war that he had inside his apartment when that crackhead got into his house and was, was breaking in and shit. He had to break this motherfucker off. Um, I knew we were kind of in trouble hearing his story about how he beat on the dude for like five minutes and could never knock him out. Like I know uh, when you're on meth, it's a, it's a whole different story. The pain uh, threshold and the tolerance is way up. I get it. I, I've Trust me. Trust me, me and Whiskey, we know. We, we've, firsthand, we've wrestled, you name it. You name it. 50, maybe more. Crackhead slash meth addicts. High out their motherfucking minds. They're, they, they, they're fucking wiry and strong as fuck. But I knew it was a problem that Anthony Smith couldn't finish him. He couldn't put him away. Is he, is he missing a step? I mean, is he, can, he, can he not? He's losing the power. Did he overexert himself in that effort? That was only a couple weeks ago. Is he recovered now? Is he ready for this fucking fight? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I picked him. I don't know if I put that. I say pretty sure only because I don't know if I put it on wax on, on the cast. But I did pick Anthony Smith. So my run of golden picks lasted a fucking week. Um, Glover Teixeira. 
getting boxed up, looking like the Glover Teixeira I expected to see. Slow, old. Um, I will say this, though. Homie's got good head movement. He keeps his head moving, but that first, the first two punches hit him square in the face, and then he starts moving, you know? It's like a delayed reaction. He gets popped a couple times, and he realizes it's like the on switch is turned on, and he starts bobbing and weaving, and, and, and he looked good. But that first round, Anthony Smith was doing whatever he wanted to him. He was pushing an incredible pace for his size. And, um, you know, Daniel Cormier, I believe it was in that one, man. He's, he's a hell of a fucking analyst, man. First of all, they got motherfuckers, uh, fighters, in the middle of the fight listening to his advice over their fucking corner's advice. Which makes sense. Tony Ferguson should have been listening to him instead of his own fucking corner. Um, and we'll get back to that. Eddie Bravo was talking about that on, on, on the fight companion they just had. But people are listening to Daniel Cormier, and, and, and Carla Esparza said uh, she heard Daniel Cormier's advice um, in the middle of the cage, in the middle of the round, and, and made adjustments based on what he was saying, and it helped her win the fight. And, uh, you know, Anthony Smith in his corner was telling him, you got to slow down, man. You got you to gotta, you gotta slow down. And he was pushing uh, too fast a pace. I mean, he was keeping it on. He was keeping it on. He was landing clean. Uh, looked like he was going to run away with it after the first round. But the second round started, and you're like, whoa, he's gassing. He's slowing down. And then Glover Teixeira just started fucking coming. Started landing bombs. Started landing uh, power uppercuts, rear hand uppercuts, um, bobbing and weaving, looking like a, a, a fucking... Great value brand fucking Tyson with that bobbing shit that he was doing as he came into the pocket and just unleashing off of those. Unleashing hooks, unleashing uppercuts. Uh, Anthony Smith couldn't do nothing on his feet after, at, at that point, man. He was getting his ass fucking handed to him. Um, no doubt, 100%, I was screaming for his corner. To, uh, you got to throw in the towel. This was no different than Wilder versus uh, uh, Fury 2, the second one. Well, I thought they were on point. I thought homeboy in the corner of Wilder saved his motherfucking ass. Saved, saved him brain cells. Saved, saved him minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years on his motherfucking life from what he was going to get. Uh, and, and I think uh, Anthony Smith's corner owed him that shit. I mean, you got to have like a, you got to have like a, um, what, what do they call uh, Like a safety word. You know, like dominatrix when she's beating you too hard, you got to go to the safety word. Uh, when it's just it's too much, you got to go to the safety word. They got to have a safety word for the corners. Like, so homie ain't going to go over there and be like, yo, get me out of here. Because he knows the whole world can hear everything you're fucking saying. The cameras are right there. He ain't going to go out looking like a, like a fucking bitch on national TV. When a homie comes over, let me tell you, when a homie come up, comes over and says, uh, he knocks some teeth out, some of my teeth out. Or some of my teeth are falling out, is what he said. Some of my teeth are falling out. When homie tells you that, that's, that's basically the safety word. That's, that's a huge hint to get me the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? He's like, look what this guy's doing to me. Without having to say the words. You gotta have that dominatrix safety word that he can say or phrase or something that you know once he says that, that means he's had enough. Hey, let's pack it up. Let's live to fight another fucking day. I mean, it was so bad that Glover Teixeira, and I saw this shit live. You can see this live. I mean, the, you can hear everything that's going on. In a way, this shit with no fans is, is, is fucking dope. I'm not saying I would like to do this permanently, but it's fucking dope because you would have never caught what you, what you saw. Glover Teixeira was on top, uh, riding top position. Uh, position. Um, Anthony Smith was like basically turtled up uh, on all fours, and, and, and Glover was landing some bombs around uh, with his right hand, and he stopped, and he said... Uh, Sorry, Anthony. Uh, this is just business. 
And then Anthony's like, yeah, it is what it is. That's the exchange they had. And he just kept, he apologized, basically. He's like, I'm sorry, Anthony. He's like, what did you say? And he's like, sorry, I'm, uh, it's, it's only business. While he's beating him. And then Anthony, Anthony Smith was like, it is what it is, man. <laughs> like, I, I get it. I understand. And then he went about beating his ass some more until they eventually stopped it. Um, it was bad. I mean, even the ref could have stopped it several times. I mean, it, I mean, to where they let it go, um, that was crazy. You know, you stop a fight like Dom's, uh, you know, when it's kind of questionable. When I saw it first time, I, I, I'm on wax saying I thought it was a good stoppage. But I'm saying, like, if you, don't, if you stop that, but you wouldn't stop the Anthony Smith fight, that's kind of that's shady. Um, Glover just, just 40-something years old. Training out of the pit. I couldn't remember last time the, the, the training camp that him and Chuck Liddell trained at, that, that train at. I didn't even know it was still going with, uh, with Hackleman out there. Um, but um, he's still their prized possession. I mean, 40 years old. I haven't heard of anybody else coming out of the pit uh, other than Glover Teixeira. Um, but uh, he's still look. I mean, he's got power, man. He can't beat. He cannot beat John Jones. He's not going to beat John Jones. He just, he, he, no, who, who is? You know, but if John Jones goes up and fights in Ganu like, he, like he's talking, you know, we'll fucking see. We'll fucking see. Then, then a lot of shit opens up. Um, we had Ben Rothwell, um, Ben Rothwell versus Ovin Saint Peru. Um, that shit was a dope fight. Ovin Saint Peru, man, he he's he's got a little little. Um, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but he's got kind of like a, a, a fruity little style. Like he's uh, no disrespect. I don't mean that you know uh, derogatorily. I'm just saying it's kind of a. a it's a little fruity, man. Homie, homie's doing little twinkle toes, um, you know, laps around the cage. Um, he, he's like prancing and doing doing pirouettes and shit all day, all, all night. And then all of a sudden, he'll he'll fucking land a bomb left hand on your face without without you knowing. He, he's doing ballerina shit one second, uh, clicking his little heels together and shit. And then the next second, he, he's landing a fucking bomb. Um, he's either in there throwing something or he's running around taking a lap around the cage like like it's a fucking uh like he's running the mile or some shit uh ben rothwell's just a, a a monster i actually thought saint peru won this fight i thought he got fucked um ben rothwell still look good he's still a big ass motherfucker this dude been around since the ifl days when he was fighting roy country for the belt ifl if y'all don't know international fight league that was a team fighting organization back in the day where they had teams i mean pat militich i remember he was a coach um i can't i think that was ben rothwell's coach um i can't remember the other ones but uh, that's where um ben rothwell and, and that's where big roy country nelson before he was on the ultimate fighter was fighting and they were like the champs i can't I remember they fought back in the day i can't remember who won i think ben beat i think ben beat big country and won the belt the ifl belt or some shit like that but anyways that shit was dope this dude's been around since then he's always a a a game fighter weird motherfucker he looks like he reminds me of the dude uh from house of a thousand corpses the the fucking um devil's reject uh uh clown you know what i'm talking about that's what that's what ben rothwell looks like um he he was he was definitely game he he had his shots he had his moments i just thought that saint peru especially at the end he was landing a lot of kicks also uh his you know even though he was dancing and, and twinkle toes and about the, the the cage he was being effective um that's just his style I'm not, I'm not even hating on it um i just wish he would be a little more aggressive i think i wish he would stand in there a little bit more and put some more punches together and I think he'd be uh, t- uh, tough to deal with. And this is heavyweight. I didn't even realize that, you know, Ovin St. Peru was fighting at heavyweight, not 205. So, I mean, uh, he didn't look like uh, he was undersized. Uh, ben Roth was a big motherfucker, and he didn't look like he, I mean, he was a little bit bigger than St. Peru, but I thought it would be a lot bigger when I fucking realized this was a heavyweight fight. O- OSP went up. Um, 
him fighting maybe someday fighting John Jones at at, at, at heavyweight. Who knows? Um, but I, they're they're saying that Ngannou uh, Bone Jones shit it isn't real. Uh, they're just yip yapping up a storm right now. They're far from making that deal. But we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I fucking. I don't know, man. You fuck. I don't know how that goes. Uh, I don't see John Jones withstanding the barrage, man. Uh, he's he's too small for this dude. But I'm a, we'll we'll fucking see. He's gonna have to get his OSP on if he fights that motherfucker. You gotta get your your fucking uh, what are those dudes? Matadors. You know the motherfuckers shaking the little uh, rugs at the uh, at the bulls and shit. You gotta fucking start taking laps too. And, and, and let that motherfucker gas himself out throwing windmill punches and then go to work, you know? That's how you're going to beat Francis Ngannou. So he could, he could probably do it. He doesn't have the power to put Francis Ngannou away, though. So is he going to go five rounds with that and, and, and not get clipped on some Deontay Wilder shit? I don't know. He, he, he had to come out there and take that Tyson Fury game plan if he's going to do that shit. Uh, Alexander Hernandez versus Drew Dober. Hell of a motherfucking fight. Drew Dober got the dub on that shit, uh, finished uh, Alexander Hernandez. Tough tough going for him again after he lost to Cowboy. I, I don't know. I think he won a fight in between then, though. Drew Dober still going up, man. He's looking tough. Good fight for that dude. Ricky Simone, uh, Ray Borg, Ricky, Ricky Simone looked good. They both did. Uh, Ricky Simone was just more effective on the feet. What else did we have? Andre Arlovsky got a dub against some dude I'd never heard of. I thought that dude was going to hurt Andre. Andre doesn't react to punches very well anymore. He kind of, uh, But somehow he got a win, man. He's, he's still out here winning. He's still out here getting dubs. We're going to talk about Overeem in a little while. He's still out here getting dubs. Ben Rothwell's still out here getting dubs. These motherfuckers been around for a long, long time. Uh, I, I'm not, I wasn't like super impressed with Arlovsky, but anytime you can be 40 years old beating some young buck in the UFC and you've been around since been around, been through the ups and downs, and you still got enough to beat a young cat like this, dude, um, even if it was a decision, uh, it, was, it wasn't boring. It wasn't a boring fight at all. And that uh, Linz dude, he looked good. He looked like he had hands from time to time. He just wasn't busy enough. Arlovsky just kind of made it look like he was a little more busy and, and pressing the action. That's the only reason he won that fight. Michael Johnson, man, Michael Johnson, man, loses to Tiago Moises, dominated the first round, fighting a perfect fight against a grappler, a guy that just wanted to get him to the fucking ground. Perfect fight, keeping distance, keeping the hands long. Uh, he has a, taken advantage of his reach. Um, Quick hands, still has quick hands, man. This dude dots everybody up. Everybody he fights, he, he, he's dotting up. Even Khabib. He, he's the only dude to ever rock him. Um, he, he's the last dude to beat Tony Ferguson before Gaethje did with the same shit. Speed, man. He's got speed. Um, he gets hit a lot. But this time, in that first round, he was dancing. He was circling. He, he, he was keeping his punches long. Keeping This dude, was, uh, Moises wasn't able to shoot, wasn't able to get any you know clinches or tie-ups to help him get to the, the fight to the ground. Second round starts, and, and basically in between rounds, Moises, uh, Tiago Moises' uh, corner said, just rush his ass. Just rush his ass and, and basically pull guard uh, on, on him. And uh, this was basically the, the Eddie Bravo, uh, Imanari role advice, you know, right here. But Tiago Moises, it was still early in the fight enough that he was able to go out there and execute. He literally just ran across the cage, uh, just lunged for Michael Johnson's leg. Sloppy shit, really. He got a hold of one leg, and, and you know, M Michael Johnson shouldn't have gotten taken down by that, that takedown. I, he just didn't have enough urgency to me when, when that dude locked onto his ankle. And the next thing you know, he's on his butt, and, and it was a wrap from there. Got choked out, if I believe. After he was fighting a perfect fight. Perfect fight. 
looking fucking good. I felt I felt bad for the dude, man. And he's got a salty record. He's almost he's approaching like 500 real soon. So I mean, he fights a lot. He's always a a a, a good um tough test for anybody i mean he fights everybody tough it doesn't matter if you rank below him or above him it, it don't matter he's gonna he's gonna fight you tough but he's gonna have his moments but damn i don't know where he goes after that and that and that was just the beginning of this shit um we had another card let's get to this shit we'll talk about that eddie bravo shit real quick before i talk about this they had um they had the fight companion for this uh Overeem versus uh, Walt Harris fight that was two, a couple nights ago, which was a hell of a fucking card too, dope fucking card. But they had the uh, they had the fight companion going, and uh, right off the bat, I love it. They didn't they didn't waste no motherfucking time. Uh, they just got right to it and, and asked Eddie Bravo basically what happened with the fight. You know, Eddie Bravo took a lot of uh, a lot of grief. Um, you know, for for his advice in, in the in the corner and then for just a lack of of, of advice in in general during the fight you know other than you know you're looking beautiful you're looking beautiful and basically uh eddie wasn't in the cage he wasn't one of the seconds that was in the cage administering you know aid to him i think they only let two in uh and the other two have to sit on the outside um so you have your first and your second those are the only two guys that can go in there um and one usually attends to you he'll talk first maybe and then you know for 30 seconds then he'll toss it over to the other guy if he wants to throw anything in there so as usual you don't want more than two guys in there you don't want more than two guys talking um but in the fourth round after the fourth round um eddie bravo was saying that he didn't have his glasses they got stolen from his car a couple nights ago and the whole fight he had no idea how fucked up tony ferguson was until for some reason the other guy who was in the cage didn't didn't want to go in there in between rounds. I don't know if he was giving up or he just didn't know what to say. You know, for, um, Bravo was saying they just didn't know what kind of advice to give him, you know. And then when he went into the cage, they just said, hey, get in there, Bravo. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go in there. He didn't want, He didn't have anything to tell him. He, he didn't have any advice. He's not a striker. He's getting beat on the feet. And the game plan, he said, Tony wanted to sit there and box with him. So they throw Bravo in there. And, and he, all he could think of was, you know, try to get this fight to the ground, pull guard or try an Imanari rule. I mean, he said he didn't have his glasses. So until um, he got into the cage and he looked at Tony, he didn't even know he was cut. And he was, his face was fucking a mess. And he's like, uh-oh. And, and then that kind of made him panic. As he got in there, he sees that Tony's really getting his ass whooped. And so, you know, he starts thinking about, you know, maybe we're going to have to stop this. And then he had no, no advice other than, you know. And it, it wasn't, like I said last week, it wasn't bad advice if that wasn't the only advice you gave. You know, he, he needed to double his jab up. He was getting timed with the right hand. He was either pulling, or Gaethje was either pulling and countering, or he was just staying. He had, the, he had the, uh, the timing. He had the distance perfect to where he was just outside of Tony's lead hand. Just outside. He didn't even really have to react to it. He would just counter over the top because he, he, Tony's striking got real, real predictable. He would just throw left hands, left hands, right hands, left hand, left hand. He likes to just you know, throw these left straights from you know, his, his, his squared up kind of style that he has sometimes and, and he was just staying Gaethje was just staying on the outside and clipping him over the top so one thing you could just go in there and say hey I need you to double that shit double your left hand up you know I need you to faint your way in maybe I need you to vary your attack somehow but you need to double that shit up you need you need to um maybe switch stances I, you got to do something you know uh one twos and I'm gonna get you out of here in a little while you know because you look like shit dog 
that's what they needed to do. But it was interesting that, you know, uh, Bravo didn't even want to be in there. He he knew he didn't want to be in there. He knew he wasn't qualified to be in there from the striking sense. Um, And and from the get-go, Tony wanted to box from training camp when they figured out that they weren't going to fight Khabib. So, uh, you know. And none of those guys, he said, they just didn't know what, know what they could tell him. And, you know, it seemed like everything that Tony was trying wasn't working. But he was just being real telegraphed with everything. And he wasn't able to get into that groove and that dancing kind of style and throw those unpredictable little moves that he does uh, because he was just getting kicked a lot. He was getting his face boxed out. Um, you saw a completely different Gaethje, man. This dude talking about, you know, Bravo talking about he can't see. Gaethje's talking about he can see for the first time. He's saying he got LASIK surgery before this fight. And for the first time in his entire career, he can actually see what he's doing out there. That's fucking crazy. So now he doesn't have to. If you watch his old fights, Gaethje was just he would cover up. That was his 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 main defense. He would literally shield with both hands, both arms, and, and, and walk forward. And then as he would feel you, you know, landing shots on his arm, then he would just duck under and try to throw fucking haymakers, fucking wide hooks. And he still does that, but he does it out of a more uh, more solid, like uh, you know, technical approach with his hands up, so he can counter better. And, and put combinations together and, and keep the distance. Um, his footwork was excellent, but anyways, that that shit was dope when they had that on the uh, uh, Rogan podcast the other night. Uh, the main card we had Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I don't lie to the Whiskey Sick podcast extraordinaire uh, uh, listeners supporters. Um, I picked Walt Harris to win this shit. I was one. And two, for the weekend, as far as main, main events go, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. When it went down, after it went down, I was like, yeah, that's pro- that's, how could you think that it couldn't go down that way? Except I never thought that, I don't know, I, I, you know, Alistair Overeem goes down in every single fight. Uh, so Walt Harris came right out the gate. You know, I think I, you know, we picked with our heart. I think everybody wanted Walt Harris to win, even though I don't hate Overeem. I like Overeem a lot. Another motherfucker been fighting since 1999, 1998, some shit like that. Just turned 40 like that night, the night of the fighter, the day before, the day after, some shit like that. 40, been in approaching 90 MMA fights. That's not even counting all his, 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 his glory kickboxing. I think he was in glory. Maybe not, but he was definitely in K1. All his kickboxing matches leading up to that, all the pride events, all the UFC fights. I mean, this dude's been in a grip. I mean, he was a, a totally different person. He looked like Barry Bonds. When Barry Bonds was on the, uh, on the Pirates, he looked like Barry Bonds, that Barry Bonds back in the day. And then now he looks like the Barry Bonds on the Giants. His head's all huge, and he was a fucking massive, you know. He definitely had roids. He's changed a whole lot, but he's still out here getting dubs. Walt Harris came out, got into a, 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 a kind of a wild exchange right out the gate, clipped over him on his way back. That's what I'm saying. You don't back straight up. But you got you got some of the best in the world that when when the shit hits the fan and somebody's just swinging at you, it's, it's difficult to get your bearings and to think, you know, circle out, circle out. Your real reaction is just to back up, back up. And, and Alistair Overeem got clipped just like Rosenstrike got clipped against Ngano a couple uh, the week before. Um, so he got clipped, went down against the cage. Walt wasn't able to get anything really off after that though on the ground. He landed a couple strikes right at the beginning when it first hit the mat. After that, Overeem got his bearings, got through the round. Um, and then Alistair Overeem just, you know, just dominated from that, that point on. From the second round, I mean, he just started landing. I think right off the bat, he landed a head kick, got the fight to the ground, and just started beating on Walt. And I hate to say it. I hate to say it as I sit here sipping my, uh, my black coffee. 
all black, no cream, no sugar, none of that bullshit. We sit black coffee. We we like we like motor oil. We like we we want to chew this shit. Knife and fork to eat that shit. I'm gonna eat our coffee. Um, but Walt Harris quit. He quit. You can see it, man. He straight up quit. My old lady actually watched the fight. She didn't watch any fights. She watched this fight because she knew the backstory of this dude, and and and, and she had to agree. I mean, he, he had many opportunities to try to get out of there. He didn't. I mean, Overeem clearly did not want to hit the guy. He was lightly, you know, as light as he could possibly hit without looking like, you know, he's not trying to, you know, finish the guy. He was hoping, I mean, 100 strikes, I don't know, a, a grip of strikes unanswered. He was hoping that, you know, uh, the ref would stop it. Then he completely flattened Walt Harris out, and Walt Harris made no attempts. I know when you got a guy like Overeem, as big as and strong as him, with hips like that, pressing down on you, flattening you out, it's very hard to get back up from that position. But I didn't see any effort at all. I saw a dude literally just laying there like he was he was about to take a nap, like he had his head hands under his head, like you know, like you know, supporting him like a pillow and shit. He was just gonna wait. He was literally just gonna wait until. He made up his mind. He was going to wait until the ref stopped that shit. And Overeem didn't really want to keep hitting him. Um, so it was kind of a sad ending. Uh, Walt, Walt he, he quit, man. 13-8 um, and eight record. I don't know. Um, this was kind of his shot. You know, when you, when you win a couple in a row, three, four in a row like he had, I think four in a row maybe Walt Harris had, you got to ride it to the shot. You got to ride it to the shot, especially when you're kind of like a middle of the road, you know, bottom tier, bottom 15 type dude. You only really get uh, one or two runs tops. This was probably the run for him. Alistair Overeem, he's always going to be a problem. He's not, well, we'll see what happens in the near future. This shit's about to open wide, wide open. We'll see what happens with, 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 with Cormier is going to ride off the sunset fight one more time. Maybe he fights in Ganu, then rides off into the sunset. Um, you know, would Alistair Overeem ever want to step back into the cage after getting, you know, sent to orbit? You remember the Whiskey Sit classic Whiskey Sit podcast? The motherfuckers had to come in uh, and Ganu blasted Alistair Overeem into fucking orbit like a fucking satellite. He did, homie just exploded in the dust, spontaneously combusted right there, homie. They had to bring in the Roombas, they had to sweep his motherfucking ass up. And he was up there in orbit until, um, Aljermaine Sterling uh, got knocked into orbit right next to him by um, uh, Morais, Marlon Morais, and they were hanging above. You know, you could see him on a, on a clear night, on a full moon. You could see the two fucking just hovering up there and shit. But he's in the mix again. Would he ever want to get back in there against Ngannou and try to do that again? I don't know, man. Take a pretty ballsy move to go back in there and put your and risk that again. You just got back down to earth, homie. Just re-entered orbit. You gonna go back up there? What was that George Clooney movie, Gravity? Remember that movie, Gravity? You gonna go out like that? You gonna go out like George Clooney just fucking floating away, never to be seen again? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. How bad do you really want to want to fight for the title? I don't know. Stipe looks like he's gonna, uh, you know, milk this last fight. He looks like he's on his way out. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. If he loses, I, I bet he leaves. If he wins, I bet he leaves. I bet he retires. So this shit's about to open up. So who knows what's gonna happen for Al- Alistair Overeem? Claudia Gadelia versus Angela Hill. Dago representative Angela Hill got completely and utterly robbed like the movie Heat. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro got robbed straight up. Shenanigans, tomfoolery. Um, it was, you know, first round, Claudia looked good. I gave her the edge in the first round. After that, it was rounds two and three clearly to Angela Hill. Started boxing Claudia Gadelia to fuck up. Look at their faces. 
Look at their faces afterwards. Claudia looking like, uh, you know, she was fucked up. Still smashing, homie. Still smashing. Don't get me wrong. It's still smashing. Of course. Um, we, we, we still, you know, uh, Joanna. You remember your, what Joanna looked like after her last fight? We still smashing, homies. You know, it ain't, it ain't stopping us. It ain't like that kind of fucked up. But Angela Hill uh, got robbed, started, you know, put on a, a, a show out there. I thought her hands looked good. She was moving. She was landing punches. Um, Claudia had her moments, too. She wasn't just getting out, out there getting boxed up. I mean, she had good exchanges. She landed good punches. But Angela Hill, I thought, was more busy. I think the numbers didn't really reflect that. But um, I think it was unanimous. Everybody that wasn't a judge thought Angela Hill won that fight. I thought the second round was clearly hers, and I thought the third round was clearly hers. Um, so she got robbed of a, a, a big fight. She's, she's now... Uh, seven fights in the last year and a half or some shit. She's got like the record, the new record now. Stole it from Cerrone. I bet she gets right back in there. Give her a rematch of this lady, uh, Gadelia, or 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 who knows? Give her somebody. Get her right back in there. She didn't look injured or anything like that. She's clearly she's Dago representative. This is what we do, homies. Dan Ige, I fucked up his name last week. Versus Edson Barbosa. A lot of people were screaming Tom Fullery on this one. They were screaming some bullshit on this one on on, on the uh, uh, on the scorecards. I actually had it two to two to one for for Dan Ige. I picked Barboza. And this dude Dan Ige, uh, he looked overwhelmed in that first round. He looked like he was on his way out in the first round. Got sat down. Um, Edson always comes out looking looking you know crispy. Came out looking good, but then Dan Ige just stayed in his face, landed his punches, landed big hooks. I thought he took over round two, round three, very close, but I thought he got he got a takedown with like a minute and 50 seconds left in the round and finished the round on top. I thought up until that point, Edson Barbosa was winning, but as soon as he got taken down, he spent the rest of the time, the rest of the round on his back, almost two minutes on his back. I was There's no way, just thinking of the judges, I was like, there's no way the judges aren't going to award him the round with that much top time to, to end the fight. So you end the fight on your back. It's a tough look, especially on that close of a fight. So Dan Ige, uh, welcome to the big time, homie. I don't know what Barboza does. If, if you can't beat Dan Ige, no offense, the homie look good. But if you can't beat that tier of a fighter at 145, who the fuck is he going to beat, homie? I, I, I don't know. Uh, thought you looked a lot better. You look like a, a, a nicely bronzed, uh, sun-kissed whiskey out there. The, the, the tan, despite a, a quarantine that's going on worldwide, despite that, uh, Edson Barbosa tan was on point. He, he was looking like whiskey, though. He was skeletoned out over there. If you saw the weigh-ins and shit, he looked, he looked uh, sunk in uh, during that fight. Even, even the day of the fight. Even during the fight, he looked a lot like he did on, on the scales. Um, to me, I, I, I don't know. I'm usually a pretty good judge of, of uh, men's physiques. I take notice of these things, homies. Yeah, I do. Eric Anders versus Christoph Jocko. I think I picked Anders. I got, two, I got one fight right, I think, this whole fucking weekend. I picked Angela Hill. Picked Barboza. Picked Eric Anders. Close fight. Another close fight. All these fights could have gone either way. Decisions could have gone either way. This was a tough... If you were a betting man and were putting money on these, these were tough, tough fights. A lot of these are, you know, plus 100, plus 115, minus 115. You know, these are, these are you know, fairly close. 
Song Yadong versus Marlon Vera. Everybody was screaming about this one. Um, I, I think I was smoking. I think I was getting high for most of this one. I, I, I missed a lot of it. I was, just wasn't paying attention. I had some shit going on. I don't even remember. Uh, but, you know, Song Yadong looked good. They both looked good. Marlon Vera looked... I, I didn't know he was this good. I've seen him fight many times. But I, I really... You know, what I saw, I thought he was pushing pushing the pace. It looked like he was, he was landing some shots. It looked like he was taking over in the later rounds. But Song Yadong uh, got, the, uh, got the dub on that shit. Um, but that was a, a fucking dope ass card. What were the prelims on this shit? Oh yeah, Matt Brown, my man, my mellow, my mellow, my man. Everybody was rooting for Matt Brown. I think he just came back from a couple year uh, retirement. Actually had homie hurt in the first round. He had this young bull, this young lion, Miguel Baia, uh, Beza, Miguel Beza. Um, he had him hurt. I'd never seen this guy fight, but he, he looked when he when when I saw him, tall, long, lean. He looked like a uh, a welterweight. Um, what told me um, who just fought uh, Motown Phenom? What told me his name? Uh, fuck man, um, Charles Oliveira. He looked like Charles, Char- a bigger Charles, a taller, longer Charles Oliveira. Um, looked like his big brother or some shit. He had that kind of that kind of striking straight up style, real crisp hands. Uh, Matt Brown actually just you know kind of made it dirty when he came out right out the bat. I was like, oh, just slow, just slow with the strikes, man. His I think his stance is a little too squared up, man. He's throwing more of like uh, you know like left left straights than than jabs and bladed long jabs that you can land and and really snap in there. Um, he, his hands didn't look quick at all. But he he bullied this dude in the first round and and he he dropped him I think I'm pretty sure he clipped him and, and something down to the ground he was clearly hurt he he was he was wobbly on his feet Matt Matt was landing big elbows against the cage big el- elbows in the in, in the clinch um all kinds of elbows uh, he 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 was firing over the top of uh, of Miguel Baez's uh, you know attempts to counter against the cage and you're like oh my gosh he's gonna fucking do it and then the second round came and it was Miguel Baez you know just just knocked him out knocked him out with a left hook if I remember correctly um he, he started after after he weathered the storm in that first round he started getting his bearings started landing some leg kicks started you know landing some punches um you know ended the round pretty positive came out in the second round and just let a strike and do the work and, and, and got the win so big win for that young kid um then we have uh, this dude, uh, Giga Chickadays. Uh, he fought this cat, Erwin Rivera. This was a hell of a fight. Uh, Chickadays is a kickboxer, apparently. I got to look into him. I'm going to be searching his. I don't know what, where, what uh, organization he was kickboxing at. I know I'd seen him fight one time in the UFC, UFC but I, I don't think I paid attention. I didn't really remember. Uh, but he got my, this dude looks tough. This dude looks tough. Um, Erwin Rivera took the fight on like two days' notice. He's a 135-pounder that, you know, kind of lived in the area. Uh, Chickadee's guy couldn't make the weight. Or I don't even know what happened, maybe medical or some shit. And this dude Rivera drove down to, the, to where the UFC was having this event and, and made weight in two days, uh, went up in weight uh, to fight this guy, Chickadee's, who was big for 145 to begin with. So it was all balls on this little cat, Rivera. He came out throwing Superman punches. He was throwing mad. Oh, he, was, he, he went for broke, homie. He, he did exactly what you want to see and he fought a tough motherfucker man a big long lanky sidekicking uh karate kind of style kickboxing style he, he was dope he was impressed with this uh chickadees giga chickadees darren elkins got bloodied the fuck up this date this dude nate landwer weird looking ass motherfucker um weird looking ass motherfucker i can't i can't tell what he google this dude nate 
Landwehr. L-A-N-D-W-E-H-R. He looks like something. He looks like someone. Um, maybe that homie in, in Con Air that's, that's the uh, little cannibal guy on the, on the wheel. What's that guy's name? That fucking weird looking guy. He's got a weird fucking name. You know what I'm talking about. You remember Con Air? I know I'm aging myself with this shit. You remember Nicolas Cage and Con Air? And they had the uh, Hannibal Lecter dude uh, with the mask on and shit that they had the wheel in there. That fucking weird looking good dude that was like playing with trying to get the little girl on the swing to the weird creepy shit. That's this dude. That's what this Nate Landwehr. I can't remember that motherfucker's name. Um, but Darren Elkins was fucked up again. He gets fucked up in every goddamn fight, man. Looks like his face has a period. Every fucking fight, like, he's his fucking completely covered in blood. You can't even see his face. You don't even know who the fuck he is. You forget who this guy is fighting. You don't even recognize the dude, but he, he, he got smoked. He got basically smoked. Uh, but he showed a lot of heart staying in there. Um, and, and, and that's basically it. That was basically it. But that was, a, that was a crazy weekend, homies. Another crazy weekend of fights. I don't know what's going down in the horizon. Um, UFC 250 is scheduled, but it says to be determined at the same time. I saw something that there might ha- there might be a fight in, in not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, uh, May 30th. The UFC 250 on their website, they're saying that shit's on June 6th, so, but there's nothing else in between that. So I don't know. I, I, we, I guess as of now, June 6th is, is going to be a UFC 250, which, which the card is trash. The card, the card is absolute trash. Hopefully, I think it says to be, to be determined on that card too. I think there's only a couple fights announced for that card. I thought I saw more than that, but so hopefully they're probably adding to that shit because uh, Nunez versus uh, Felicia Spencer uh, by Felicia Spencer uh, that that ain't gonna that ain't gonna be a very good fight. That ain't gonna be the business. I don't think. I mean, you know, I'm uh, famous last words. Maybe Felicia Spencer um, gets Nunez to the ground and shocks the world with some Tito Ortiz ground and pound, um, which she usually does to these bitches. But uh, Amanda Nunez is gonna punch that motherfucking face to get you there. Um, I seen Felicia Spencer get her ass beat by by Cyborg just uh you know in her last fight or two. Hopefully she's not coming off of that loss to get. I, no, I think I'm pretty sure she got another fight. She got another win in there, um, but she got dominated by by Cyborg who got dominated by Nunez. And I know it's MMA math, but shit sounds about right. One plus one, motherfuckers. You know what that equals. So uh, I don't I don't anticipate that being a a, a, a great main event so hopefully they get a dope ass i mean everybody's got to be willing to fight you got to be able to make every you should be able to make every card like like last saturday's card uh the 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 big card the the um gaethje versus tony card every every week should be like that shit oh what the fuck else do we got let me let let me see this shit yeah (sighs) kevin randleman um Kevin Randleman, they just, if you don't know who Kevin Randleman is, fucking Google him. If you want to get into this fight shit, you really want to get into the history of this fight shit, they just announced he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. That dude was one of my favorite fighters of all time. Him and Boss Rutten had uh, really my favorite fight of all time. It's Boss Rutten versus Kevin Randleman for the UFC heavyweight title. And it's my favorite fight because Boss Rutten basically won the fight from his back, from his guard. And if you see the striking, I've talked about this probably a hundred times on this podcast. But if you see what, what Boss Rutten was doing, you can't do the rules are different now you can't knee from the bottom but boss Rutten was 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 having tie clinches from the bottom from the guard and throwing knees up through through his clinch and, and, and landing knees from the clinch 
with Ken, Kevin Randleman on top of him. He was throwing elbows, knees, all sorts of shit. And he was beating Kevin, Kevin Randleman up from the bottom. And he was never able to get to his feet. And he literally, he got, the, he got the win. I thought he won, and he won. He won the fucking belt basically from his bottom. The very first punch that Kevin Randleman threw, like, shattered uh, Boss Rutten's nose. He got taken down and slammed, and it was like, oh, shit. And you could see that Boss Rutten was fucked up, like, in the first 10 seconds. And he, he weathered the early storm, and then, you know, it was a grinding-ass fucking win. It was my, one of my favorite fights. Kevin Randleman, when he picked up, I remember watching this shit after I jacked it on, on LimeWire. I was download. Uh, that's where I used to do- uh, download uh, Pride Fights and shit after they happened. So they happened early in the fucking morning. Streaming it wasn't what it was now. Uh, Kevin Randleman versus Fedor. Fedor picked this motherfucker up and slammed him on his fucking head like, like, like paralyzed you type shit, Christopher Reeve shit, he fucking never walk again shit, and somehow Fedor survived and got him in a fucking, got Randleman in a, in a uh, Kimura and tapped him, it was fucking crazy, when, when Randleman knocked out Mirko Krokop, I'm talking about roided up Mirko Krokop, at his absolute peak, nobody, I think it was a tournament, nobody thought Kevin Randleman had a chance, that's one of the greatest upsets of all time, never talked about when Kevin Randleman landed this big left hook, Sent that motherfucker Krokop to the ground. Like, everything was like, whoa. And uh, that was before I even knew who won. So I was watching these things for, like, the first time after I would download them on LimeWire. And he just hammer-fisted Krokop into into oblivion, into the center of the earth with the crab people and shit. Uh, and and it, that was like one of the greatest shocks until uh, Matt Sarah beat GSP. Then that one took over the greatest upset of all time. Uh, but Kevin Randleman, one of the best fighters of all time. That dude was fucking dope. That dude, they called him the monster. Heavily, heavily roided up. Died when he was 44. Heart problems. Probably, probably, if I had to guess, it's probably from that, you know, steroid use. That dude was huge. That dude was juiced. There was no doubt about it. There was no secret about that shit. Everybody in Pride was. Every single person in Pride was, basically. Um, what else do we got, man? Um... Let me save this shit before I lose this shit. How about that, man? I fucking... Hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, okay, we back. Uh, let me get into some of this Hollywood shit that's going on, man. They, they got this... You know, I get it. Everybody's trying to be inclusive. You're trying to, you know, add some diversity to Hollywood and, and the roles and all this shit. But now they, everything's got to be gay. They got to make a gay Superman. They got to make a, a... Why not just make a gay superhero? If you want that, just make a superhero that's gay. Why do you got to make Superman fucking gay? Now they're making they're making Batman gay. They they just announced that Robert Pattinson is Pattinson, that motherfucking pale ass motherfucker that was in those fucking Twilight movies. They're making that that dude fucking Batman. They making Batman gay, just like they're trying to do with, with motherfucking super, Superman. Now I got no problem against you know anything being gay. I'm just saying make make your own gay character and, and and then make that fucking movie why do you gotta make batman fucking gay robert pattison and now this dude doesn't want to get buff he doesn't want to do a single fucking push-up for the fucking role that's what he's saying he's like some body image shit like i shouldn't have to get buff to be batman motherfucker batman is fucking buff that's just what it is homie that's just what it is you don't get to just choose and make it your own thing you either want to be batman or you fucking don't go be some skinny ass superhero somewhere the fuck else man you can't have a little shooter, a little ass whiskey dick, and, 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 and be a fucking big dick porn star. You can't do big dick porn with a little dick. You can't be like, oh, I show up at the set, a, a, a big, big, you know, big dick gaggers 15, 
I can't show up on set with a little three-inch shooter and be like, well, I, I don't feel included. You, you got to, you know, I'm going to play a big dick role with a little dick. No, homie. You can just go do little dick porn. It's okay to have something like that. And if they don't, go make little dick porn. But you can't come to the set with a little dick. You can't come to the big dick set with a little dick. You know what I'm saying? This makes sense to any of y'all. I don't know. But I'm just saying, you can't. Batman is buff. If you don't want to be buff, don't be Batman. Batman don't got to be gay. Just make a, a, a gay superhero. Marvel got all sorts of artists and shit. They can, they can draw some rainbow shit right up. It's Teriyaki 6ix9ine. Make him a gay fucking superhero. If that's what the fuck y'all want. They got Michael B. Jordan as a new Scarface. I don't know what the fuck this is. Listen, I'll say this. If they're making like a, a Scarface, like New York version of Scarface, like a reimagining of Scarface, like this is, you know, Scarface if, you know, he was in, in the Bronx or something like that, cool, 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 I'm, I'm with it. But if you're remaking the original one and now you're making it Michael B. Jordan, the fuck, the fuck is that? You don't think there's some young uh, Latino actor that could be a fucking dope-ass fucking Scarface? How, how the fuck are you going to completely change this shit and call it Scarface? Just call it something else. Now, if it's a completely different storyline, but this dude is like the new Scarface, and so that's where they're going. It's like a new, new version of it. I get it. Fine. Cool. I'm cool with Michael B. Jordan. I thought he was fucking dope as Creed in, in Creed. I thought that shit was dope. I'm not a huge fan of his, but I thought that shit was dope. I thought he, looked, he, he, he did a fucking hell of a job in that shit. And I've seen him some other shit that he was dope in too. I'm just saying, why, do you, why does he got to play fucking Scarface? How, how the fuck does that make sense? How are you going to do this Spanish accent and shit? How are you going to do say hello to my... I mean, what? Nah, 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 nah. Homies, we're, 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 we're fucking shit up. We're fucking around with old shit and making it whack shit. We can't do that. If you're going to fuck with, with old shit, you got to make it super dope shit. Like, like, remember Mad Max? Mad Max Fury Road was fucking dope. Remember the Thunderdome? Mad Max and the Thunderdome? That's where we got the Thunderdome in, in, in the garage. That's where we got the fucking name. They came back with Mad Max uh, you know, Fury Road and kind of did their own version of an old character. And it was fucking fire. This shit ain't, this shit ain't the fucking business, homies. This, this ain't fucking right. I don't know. That shit's weird. Um... Little football news. Uh, two two uh, Mo first name Mo last name Ron. Two Mo Rons. Um, sipping you know heavy amounts of Moron juice. Smoking Moron blunts. Sniffing Moron fucking powder. Giants DeAndre uh, uh, something or other Baylor baller Baker. Baker, wasn't it? DeAndre Baker? I don't know. I wrote the fucking thing wrong when I was high. I got my little note here. And Seahawks, uh, Quentin Dunbar. They robbed some guests at a cookout where they were like, um, um, where they were uh, gambling and shit. They were gambling. And I don't know if they went there knowing that there was going to be a lot of money there. And they decided to rob the people at the fucking table uh, at gunpoint and took watches and all sorts of shit. Uh, not a good fucking look. This dude, uh, this dude for the Giants, uh, Baker, they just drafted him uh, two years, in 2019, a year ago, in the first round. <laughs> they used their first round pick on this motherfucker, and he's out, he's losing his mind so much during this quarantine that he's out robbing motherfuckers at a goddamn cookout. Could shit get worse for the motherfucking Giants? 
These motherfuckers are whack as shit, homies. You can't write this shit. So their, their first round draft pick from last year is now going to be in fucking jail for most of the rest of his life. If not the rest of his life. And this other dude on the Seahawks, his, his, his fucking attorney's going to war. I, you know, we got witnesses that say, you know, he didn't ever did this or that. And the, and the fucking detectives are like, okay, LOL. Okay. With a little, little, little thumb circle fucking, okay. We didn't, we didn't get that information. We got completely different information. We'll see what happens. We'll see what works out. But it sounds like his career is fucking over too. I mean, even if you're the Seahawks and he didn't do anything and he's still just around that shit, out dude listen homies i know this is this is this is a every parent thing uh who you hang around with is a reflection of you homies it couldn't be where even if this guy let's just say this guy was completely innocent and he was chilling there you're hanging out with these fools that are up to this bullshit you know what they're like you know what they've been into there's no way you don't know that and you choose to put yourself around that situation that that's just not smart one of the biggest biggest skills in the world is the ability to judge character and, and, and who you hang around with and what and, and, and the type of personalities that you uh, that you value that's gonna go a long way in your life. You've seen people associate with the wrong people, take some in a complete 180 in their life, completely away from where all their hopes and dreams wanted to be, and they go down a different complete road and, and, and just because of you know maybe meeting one person. That introduces them to something that, you know, nefarious and, and their whole life turns because, you know, they, they, they wanted to impress this person. Listen, you got to be able to, you know, when, when the triple champ, when, you know, when you, your kids are bringing, you know, friends around, you got, you see he has one friend that's like a little fuck up. You're like, nah, homie, this ain't going to fucking work. You got to teach him like this. You can't, you know, you don't want to impress little kids like this. Who gives a fuck what this little fuck boy over here thinks about you? We don't give a fuck. We steer clear of this shit. You got to teach him. You know, that not to value um, certain types of, of mindsets and personalities and shit. You don't want to impress those type of people. You want to impress good, uh, hardworking people. And, uh, you know, so it's a bad look for this dude on the Seahawks, whether he was involved or not. It's hard to imagine that he wasn't. All information looks like he was. But even guilty by association, if you're the Seahawks, you're like, I'm out, homie. You were, you were what? What happened? With, nah, we the fuck out of here, homie. We out. You ain't that good. We I fucking had to read your name like six times. Oh, that's our team? That, that guy's on our team? They, they didn't even know you were on the roster. So you sure as fuck. I don't know any player that would get that fucking... Patrick Mahomes may be the only dude that they could probably sweep that shit under the rug. Maybe. Um, What the fuck, fuck else do I got here, man? That, that's it, man. That's it. You know what? That's it. Yeah, we, we, we deep into the podcast, man. It's been dope. Back-to-back weeks hitting y'all with motherfucking hot shit. Um, Podcast-wise and with, and with the new Seth Gecko music, it's fucking coming. Go to Spotify, homies. Give your boy a fucking courtesy follow. Give your homie some courtesy listens. I get, I get like .001 cent per fucking download. Not even bullshitting you. That's what it comes out to with Spotify. So, you know, you listen, can you listen to two tracks? Two tracks, maybe, uh, you know, you don't even, you can, you can put it on the headphones and put the headphones down. Just leave it on repeat for the whole fucking day uh, and don't listen to the shit. Just leave it on your headphones or, or, or keep the volume all the way down and, and go vacuum or fucking clean your toilet. I don't give a fuck. Just hook your homie up with, with, with some goddamn plays. And tell your homies, hey, could you, could you, you fucking go wash the car and, 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 and listen to some of this shit or leave it on, on, on fucking repeat for your homies, homie? 
That's all I'm asking. It's not a lot. I give y'all my heart, my fucking soul. Every fucking, almost every week. Every other week-ish. Anyways, 105 times. This is the 105th time I've given you a piece of my heart. How many times can I keep cutting it for y'all? I don't know. But I'm going to keep trying. We're going to find out together 105 motherfucking episodes deep. Your, your favorite podcast, favorite motherfucking podcast. Best believe that shit. Seth Gecko, Legends of the Fall on Spotify. Bet I won't on Spotify. I got the whole old album. It's like a whole bunch of old shit. So if it sounds old, it is old. It's AKA Moody Hank album. It's like 19 tracks, 17 tracks, some shit like that. That's just all my old shit. Now we coming out with the new shit. You're going you're gonna to get hit, beat upside the head with it. I don't give a fuck. So I'm going to bump it again. Actually, I'll play Bet I Won't on the way out right now. Hard shit. Hide your mammy. Uh, hide your pappy. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Uh, this shit going to make you fucking go buck fucking nutty. You're going to guaranteed howl at the motherfucking moon. Uh, until then, till I catch y'all hopefully in a week or two, uh, Seth Gecko, a.k.a. Moody Hank, and I'm out, motherfuckers. Bet I won't. Chilling little.
Talk, told me that I was.